All right, everybody, this week's episode of The Beat is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know that Michigan and Michigan State football and basketball ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Uh, I have the Game Time app on my phone. I've used it. Uh, it's a sleek app. You can find your uh, ticket view with uh, panorama seating, uh, or at least the uh, the image of uh, of where you're going to sit when you buy a ticket. They have tickets for college football, college basketball, NFL, MLB, uh, anything you want. Uh, it's two taps, and you can get your ticket purchased. And also, uh, if you're a music or theater fan, there's tickets for those as well. So head to the App Store and Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Episode of the Beat with yours truly, Nick Bummer, along with Brendan Quinn. We're here in Ann Arbor, just the two of us this week, as a uh, food fight ensues or uh, approaches. <laughs> Michigan, Michigan State football, of course, on Saturday here in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Um, we're recording a little early this week, but this will come out at its regular time. So we're a couple days away as, you, as you're listening to this from uh, the annual hate fest. Your boy, you your boy has to go to Newark. Uh, you got to go to Newark. You'll be in Newark when this airs. You got uh, Michigan Seton Hall, or no, I'm sorry, Michigan State Seton Hall. Yes. You'll be back by Saturday, though, right? I will. I'll be back for the uh, is there, festival. I don't think there's any game Saturday. Any basketball game Saturday? I can't imagine there's any of consequence. No. Um, so I'll be cracking beers, sitting on the couch, <laughs> watching, laughing. You're not going to go down to the stadium and get yourself a ticket? No, I don't think so. in the 32-degree weather? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Although living in Ann Arbor, like the best time to go to like certain bars and stuff like that is during a game. During a game. Yeah. Well, if you this re- one. If you ever really want to get work done. Bring a laptop, saddle up in an empty bar. Uh, So Michigan, Michigan State Week, we put this out on Twitter last week, and we're going to get into this uh, more as the show goes on. We asked for people's reactions in terms of how they watch the game, um, what they feel about it, if it's an enjoyable experience, uh, whether or not people make too much of uh, this being a hated thing or if it's whatever it is. So we've got some of those, but I also wanted to, before we got into it, give our kind of perspectives Mm -hmm. Uh, on the game, so first I think we'll we'll give yours from the football because you don't have the longer one. I can no. get mine after as I grew up here, but you did not, and you came in here in your first game. I think the first game that we ever covered together was mm-hmm. Michigan Michigan State in 2013, um, which Love happened that. to be Michigan State's Rose Bowl season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, little did we know at the time. That's what I don't think we knew that that was going to be the case at the time. I think Michigan actually went into that game favored, believe it or not. Wow. I believe Michigan was ranked still, because uh, if you remember, that was quarter the beginning of the end of Brady Hoke, mm-hmm. the 2013 season. You had no knowledge of any of this coming into this, and you happened to stumble into the the melt the the, the, the fire pit. It, so let, let's let's walk back and remember. It's interesting that that whole thing. Michigan would have been 
favored and Michigan State was the underdog. I'm pretty sure they I, were. I remember going into that game and it was like, you know, Michigan State was kind of cooking with gas and Michigan yeah, was, just, really like, well. Michigan was basically was waiting, for, waiting yeah. for the the bottom to fall out. Yeah. And uh, I, it was one of the worst performances by a team <laughs> I've ever seen in person, that, that Michigan showing that day. Yeah, it was bad. And like Michigan, Michigan State, it was like... It almost reminded me of like the old Buddy Ryan teams that I grew yeah. grew up watching where I'd be like, oh, you're down 20? Well, here comes seven more, <laughs> and we're going to break your neck, and then we're going to go to your house, and we're going to, you know, yeah. toss around your furniture and, and basically steal your manhood. Uh, and that's where the rivalry was at when I got here. Um, and then later that year, went to two basketball games, my first Michigan-Michigan State basketball games, and it was the yeah. complete opposite. It was Michigan coming off a of Final Four on their way to the Elite Eight. They won in Ann Arbor. Then they go to East Lansing, mm-hmm. win there with Stauskas blowing kisses into the stands and Izzo coming in and nearly pummeling media yeah. members with his own podium, like just furious. <laughs> we'll talk about that later because it was an amazing <laughs> press conference. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely a fascinating introduction. Yeah, November 2nd, 2013, I was wrong. They were four-point underdogs. Michigan was. Michigan okay. State was favored by four, 29-6. And it should have been probably been 10. It should have been. Well, I mean, and that game should have been probably 40-6. to six. Well, yeah, I, I just mean even going yeah. into it, like, in terms of one team oh, yeah, being probably. that much better yeah. than the other. Yeah. And I, the game went off the rails. Yeah, well, Michigan but... had minus 49 yards rushing or something like yeah. that. And yeah. Got sacked. Devin Gardner got sacked like eight Devin times. Devin Gardner's still running. Still I mean, running. just... So I guess, like, from, from your... I don't know if you can remember this far back, but did you have any preconceived idea of what this what this thing was I, I thought, from an outside perspective? You I knew Michigan-Ohio State, I assume. But. Yeah, I kind of thought it was going to be more of, like, a, like, pure rivalry. Like, Big Ten, pure yeah. rivalry, kind of this these two teams that just, you know... Um, not not have a mutual respect, but like, right? I don't know. I don't know what I thought because you, you have a to fun understand. rivalry, maybe. Like yeah, everyone yeah, enjoying it. And, yeah, and you, you know. have to like think of the perspective. Like, so I I came here from Tennessee. Yeah. I was covering the Vols, who's Does they even have any rivals. At this very point? strange because they <laughs> they think their rival is Alabama, which yeah. is adorable because it's not. <laughs> and the teams that yeah think. Tennessee's yeah. their rival. The same thing. Is yeah. Vanderbilt, which no one gives a shit about, and Kentucky, which in football, yeah. no one gives a shit yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So Michigan or Tennessee would want to be rivalries with Kentucky in basketball, but Kentucky would obviously laugh. <laughs> yeah. So it was like all these mismatched, you know, yeah. kind of emotions. Um, there was no just squared off, straight ahead, Auburn, Alabama yeah. style rivalry. Right. Um, and then coming here. I assumed Michigan, Michigan State was that one, but then I realized it was right. kind of the same thing. Michigan State is yeah. Michigan's rival, but Michigan wants to consider itself Ohio State's primary and, rival. And, yeah, like on the surface, I think they yeah, act like that. Yeah. yeah. So and the, the whole Notre Dame kind of aspect, yeah. whatever. But that took a while to get figured out. But like I, where I grew up, mm-hmm. it's six teams within thirteen miles of each other. So like. Proximity when people are like they're only sixty miles apart. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, okay, <laughs> yeah, right, great, yeah. whatever, man. Um, and I know this is like so low level when you're talking yeah. about like basically mid-major basketball yeah. teams at plus 
occasionally yeah, Villanova, Villanova, occasionally yeah. Temple being really good. Um, where like that was all family. Like if you went there, you cared. Yes. The first time I ever met someone who really cheered for a school that they didn't go to mm-hmm. was when I was in Tennessee. Yeah. And it was yeah. like after like four or five or six times of meeting someone and being like, what year did you graduate? And then looking at me cross-eyed. It's like, I didn't. Yeah, and I rea- right. then I realized, I'm like, oh, it's like pro sports here. Yeah, okay, right, because exactly. like back home, yeah. if you meet someone who's like, I like LaSalle. Yeah. Like, like, what year did you graduate? You know, yeah. there, there's no just yeah. pledging full allegiance right. where you're like yeah. crying after losses. Right. It's Because it's a college. Yeah, it's not an right. NFL team. So, so it's, like, yeah. it's, it's all, the Midwest, brother. It's all been very confusing. Um <laughs> But then here, over time, the last couple years, I've definitely come to view this thing as, like, it's a great rivalry that oftentimes just gets turned up to a, a different kind of yeah. level where I'm like, I don't know if it's good or healthy or anything <laughs> like that. It, it's, like, it's a hard thing to kind of even describe. Like, there's that Tom Wolf quote, mm-hmm. quote where he says... Uh, you know, the the Beatles want to hold your hand and the Rolling Stones want to burn down your town. Yeah, right. Like, it just seems like this is why we're like... This, this would be looks, the latter. It looks a lot like a lot of other rivalries, but then it's just... Maybe it's because we're in it. Yeah, I think I think a lot of others would probably say right. it's that way like, if you're is in Oklahoma, it. Oklahoma State, are there... Are no, but Oklahoma, Texas, but that's not right. an interstate, you know, type of situation. That's the thing. That, the so interstate the, thing is the, the difference. Because for me, this is... You got Washington, Washington State. That's the mm-hmm. Apple Cup, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty big deal. Uh, I don't live in Washington; never have. We should have had Austin Alabama. on here, because yeah. uh, Oregon, Oregon State is mm-hmm. this what they call the Civil, Civil War, War, and that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, Auburn, Alabama's the one that's the inst- uh, Auburn, Alabama is probably the biggest, the biggest one. But in Other terms than- of the state school versus the the big, you know, university right. school. I mean, I feel like this is the most intense one cause like it's Kentucky, because like Kentucky, Louisville, it's because of football. Yeah, like because Kentucky. like in basketball, you have Duke, Carolina, and you yeah, have Louisville yeah. versus Kentucky, and that's not really a football. But thing. But those are basketball, and that's a separate deal. But I lived in Kentucky, and like Louisville, I lived there for four years, and Louisville, Kentucky was a was a pretty all year long. Yeah, and it permeated into football when they would play, but you know, they didn't play for a long time. Like the governor of Kentucky had to <laughs> inter- like get in there and make sure that they were playing. <laughs> Because it was a big thing for the state, yeah. uh, but you know that I remember that being a thing all year. I'm sure Duke Carolina is a thing all year, uh, but this one, like on the football side, I mean, I wouldn't count. I mean, I guess Auburn, Alabama, but behind that, you know, this has got to be, yeah, I would think up there in terms of the intensity. I just remember, I remember this. Okay, I remember it was like your first or second week on the job, <laughs> like your first or second week here, and you're going to go to this football game. It's the, I think it was the first one you covered. I, maybe you covered one before that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I covered the Minnesota game when Jerry yeah. Kill couldn't coach. But this so was, yeah, first this road was game you covered. Yes. First time in East Lansing. And I can't remember if this was the year or not, but I remember we drove in, and when they make you park, they made us park <laughs> in that tailgate lot. That's right. And it's like, and the parking at the tailgate lot, it's not like a big tailgate lot. We, we had to park in one of these, like, accidental patches of concrete that mm-hmm. are, like, down the street. And they somehow jammed like seventy-two right. cars yeah. in there. This is a uh, this is Green Bee. Yeah, and yeah, they're right. like your spots in the back, bro. <laughs> yeah. And we had to like drive through bodies to park the car. And I remember you getting out, just like, where are we and what is going on? Like, I had no idea. And then I remember like the game starts to happen, and Michigan's just getting pounded. Michigan State's just 
and a stadium foaming. is just coming unglued. Foaming at the mouth. And your reactions were generally like, where am I? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. is this? What have I stepped into? <laughs> and it was just this thing where it was like, and, and really, and you stepped into it at a time, I feel like, where it really started to get, like, super intense. I mean, yeah. to, a, to an uncomfortable level. Yeah. That was the first game I remember being where I was like, this is like an uncomfortable environment mm-hmm. to be sitting in. Like, like these fans want to see some pain like inflicted yeah. here. And Michigan fans were just running for the hills. I right. mean, it was just like, we want nothing to do with this, but oh my God, we're going to have to put up with this for the next yeah. 365, you know, whatever. And yeah, like, I remember that. I remember that. Winning and wanting to be able to like talk some shit yeah. is... Just different. It's at a different level, yeah. Then that, yeah, like, right. you're gonna like, have do, to. Do you want to hurt him? Mm-hmm. Like, like, the guy sitting next to you. Are, yeah. Like, what do you want to do to this person yeah. at this point? Because and it's also my favorite. Oh, Spartan Stadium's got the the home side and, and yeah. the press box. The home <laughs> side. <of the> <laughs> yes. Ohio yeah. State does too. The Ohio Stadium. The home reporters. The visiting reporters. I don't know if people so know what you're they, talking about. They so. probably don't. So when you get off the elevator, you're like, well, which side? There's, there's literally a dividing yeah. wall of demarcation like the, yeah. in the press box at Spartan Stadium that the the middle of it is like the scorekeepers, right, like everybody, right. the time guys, and, everything. and so the local beat writers from Lansing or you know whatever yeah. it might be, primary coverage of Michigan State is on one side, and they put all the primary coverage of Michigan yeah. on the other, <laughs> and because literally, like, you think some of the fans want to fight each other? Yeah, there's been uh, some moments. There are there are. <laughs> There are characters in media that, you know, probably couldn't be within five feet of each other because there will yeah. be, by the end of this podcast, you will tell a story. You will discuss of, the story. Of the punt and what happened in the press box at Michigan Stadium that night. So stay tuned for that. Uh, so, okay, so your perspective is obviously unique. Mine is different as I, more like maybe some of the rest of people who listen to this, I grew up in the state yeah. um, as a kid. And, and obviously, you know, I, I was trying to think about it today. And, you know, I really don't feel like I was a big college football person um, until maybe the mid-90s, you know, like somewhere around there. Uh, I just can't remember, you know, because I, I, the 1990 was the Desmond Howard, uh, Michigan was number one, I think. Michigan State was unranked, and mm-hmm. Michigan State beat him, and Desmond Howard got, like, tripped in the end zone on a... Right. And, and it was a whole controversy, and, like, I don't remember watching that. I would have been old enough to probably watch it. I don't remember watching that. I remember hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, 95, Nick Saban was here at Michigan State, and they got a big win over Michigan. But I feel like at that time, growing up, it was like, well, Michigan just always wins this game, so it's not really that big of right. a thing. It was just like, if Michigan State won, it was like this, whoa, hey, that's weird. Uh-huh. You know, that's a... And I feel like when I look back at this, when I look back at the series, it actually was a little more closer than I probably remember, but it just felt like Michigan always had a really good team. Michigan State didn't. And so if Michigan State won, it was like, okay, cool, whatever, who cares? Right. And Michigan had a better team anyway, so it was like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, it's everyone's moving on here. Uh, the two that I remember, there's three that I remember the most. Um, 1997, which was the year Michigan won the national title, mm-hmm. was probably, because that was probably the first year I remember really watching football because they were so good. And it was like one of those, like I would watch, we'd watch everything. I was probably more of a Lions fan if I was, on, you know, back then. Right, you're what, 13? Yeah, I was like, yeah, uh, 97, I would have been, yeah, 13 or 14. Yeah. Um, so just at that age where you're probably cognizant maybe of more what's going on. Because mm-hmm. uh, when I was a little, little kid, college basketball was a bigger, because the Fab Five was everybody loved the Fab Five. And Michigan State became good later, and everybody loved Michigan State's basketball because they were good too. But, right. you know, that was, 
what I remember growing up. In 97, I remember Charles Woodson making that interception, the one-handed deal. Yeah. But again, it still wasn't weird. It wasn't like, all right, whatever, Michigan won this game, Michigan State lost, like, who cares? Like, whatever. <laughs> Everyone moves on with their right. day. The ones that I remember the most being like, well, that was different, was 1999, uh, Michigan State, it was Saban's, I think, last year, and he had him going at this point. And that was Tom Brady's last year at Michigan. And Michigan was a top, probably, I want to say, five team, and Michigan State, I think, was a, probably a top 15 team. Mm. And so for the first time ever that I, in my life, that I can remember anyway, um, it was two actual good teams. And so mm. for the first time really in my life that I can remember, I paid attention to it. I was like, this is... Both teams are good, you know, and I remember Plaxico Burris getting like having like 250 yards receiving and, and sure. they beat Tom Brady and they ruined Michigan's perfect season and everybody was so fired up at Michigan State and it was this thing and and it was memorable because it was a really good game and it was like, well, that's cool that it felt different. It felt weird like that, yeah. that was happening. Then, of course, Saban leaves and Bobby Williams takes over and <laughs> just becomes like this because 2001 was the clock. The mm-hmm. Spartan Bob game, mm-hmm. which was just—you have no—I have no you idea, have no idea what I'm no talking idea. about. So that's the game, of course, where Michigan State scores with no time left on the clock to upset Michigan in Spartan Stadium. Michigan State had been out of timeouts. The clock's—you know—they get the ball down to like the five. The clock's running. They have no timeouts. They can't stop the ball. They can't spike it because I think it might even have been forked down. So they can't—I don't know if they couldn't spike. I don't remember the exact situation, but they can't stop the clock. Clock's going five, four, and they're not getting to the line. They're not, you know, they're not getting up ready to go. Three, two, one, and then the one second thing hangs what felt like three seconds. And Michigan State gets the snap off, throws a touchdown, wins the game. And Michigan people are beside themselves. (laughs) Like the radio call of Jim Brandstatter and Frank Beckman is just like, if you haven't heard it, like that's like an all time, if you're a Michigan State person, that's one of your all time (laughs) trash talk moments. If you're a Michigan person, that's one of your all time like, this was the biggest bunch of bullshit I've right. ever seen in my life. Right. And it became a whole thing with, you know, Spartan Bob. Did he stop the clock? Did he, like, did he interfere with the game? It was, I don't remember how it all shook out. But that was the first time that I ever remember being like, what just happened here? Yeah. This is, this is a thing. <laughs> and it was like a national attention thing, yeah. I remember. And it became, you know, kind of a deal. But still, that was, you know, I think the next, yeah, Michigan, the next six years, they win six straight. And it just goes right back to normal. And then, of course, D'Antonio shows up and changes everything. Right. You know, with the little brother. And I think I had maybe moved away by then or just had stopped giving a damn about this sure. sort of thing sure. by then. Uh, with I actually think I was just out of school. I just graduated. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows I went to Michigan State, but I, I just didn't I didn't care. It wasn't yeah. a thing. I was more involved with trying to figure out how to get a job. Um, and I was doing high school sports, so that stuff just really didn't. And, again, it was more like Michigan just always won. And then, of course, D'Antonio starts flipping the script. And, you know, for a while there, it felt like Michigan fans had the excuse of, well, we have Rodriguez. Right. It's not fair. <laughs> you know, or whatever. Like, we're, we're a mess. And so these don't count, you know, kind of thing. And then my first game, my first season back here was 2011 with Brady Hoke. And Michigan fans, I think, at the time were like, all right, we're, we're, we're back to where we should be here. So we should just win this game. And mm-hmm. and they got they got smacked pretty good in 2011 right. in East Lansing. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, this has changed quite a bit from what I remember mm-hmm. as a kid. When I was a kid, I do not remember it being hostile. I remember it being like, you're a kid, so you don't really know. But I remember it being like Michigan State fans would 
make fun of Michigan fans if they won, but mm-hmm. Michigan fans would make fun of Michigan State fans for most of the rest of the year. Right, right. Because they never wanted anything. Campus so. pranks. Yeah, it wasn't shit like that. It wasn't anything that yeah. you were like, I don't remember people being like so worked up about, but of course we didn't have social media back then. There was no Twitter. Yeah. None of that. Um, and people weren't so engaged in this stuff to a point. But 2011 was the year where I remember being like, this is uncomfortable. Like, this is not, uh, this is different. It felt weird. Uh, and it was just like an energy in the stadium that was like, Michigan, same thing as that 2013 game where it felt like Michigan State fans were like, I want to, you didn't think that what we did against Rich Rodriguez counted. Well, this, you know, this counts, you sons of bitches. And right. we're going to make you feel right. it. right. And it just became this building thing to where a point where, and like we talked about before we started recording, 13, your first year, was the season where I feel like it really ratcheted. Because at that point, it had become clear that the one team in football that wasn't supposed to be good, Michigan State, was good. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the basketball side, and the one team in basketball that wasn't supposed to be good, Michigan, was good. Mm-hmm. And so you had everybody just kind of like, this is bullshit. Nothing <laughs> like, made sense. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Everything was just all over the place, and it became sort of this uncomfortable, like, Okay, this is this is a bit much. This has gotten a little out of control. Right. I don't. I don't know. Like, again, when we compare it to like what happens in other robberies, or you know, maybe there's other. If you pull beat writers from other places, that yep. they might talk about it the same way. But it just. Uh, I I think the point that we wanted to have for this podcast for is like has it has it gone too far in the direction of being toxic and if so why and is it our big question for like our listeners or readers Mm -hmm. more specifically is like is it fun is this is it even anymore for people because I feel like when I was a kid it was fun people had fun with it I think people enjoyed it you know it was a fun day and if you were really into it Sure. Know, I was. We never went to games. I don't know that. I mean, yeah, you yeah. watched on TV or whatever. Yeah. If you had a friend at school that liked one or the other, you. But it was never uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. There was never, and maybe that was. I always thought maybe that was just being a kid and you didn't really know. But even when I was in college, I mean, I, I again, I don't like that was. I was in college for the Braylon Edwards game where he made the big comeback, and. But I still don't remember it ever being like. Where people maybe I was just me. I don't know, right. but maybe people were just being like, I can't take you know, I can't take it. Or whatever. I'm sure there were, but it just yeah. I wasn't in my world. But I think that, so I get a lot of this now. It's like, well, social media has ratcheted this up. And it's like, yeah, I get that. But I'm also kind of like, social media is a nice excuse, but what if social media were there in 1995? Mm-hmm. Would it still be the same? It's a good question. I don't know. It's and that's question. where I, like, in some ways, it's like this social media thing where it's like, well, it just it's given all these people the voice that they have now that they didn't have 10 years ago, but it doesn't mean that they wouldn't have had the same things to say yeah. back then. Right. And maybe it just shines a brighter light on what was always there anyway that I just never saw. Long day at work, tough day at school, still stuck at the office? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of 15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BEAT. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code BEAT. Don't forget, that's promo code BEAT for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. But it's also our our sample size is really only 
yeah. social media, right. the comments on our stories, whatever it might be. We're not hanging out in the local <laughs> dentist office, right? Where like Johnny yeah. Michigan fan dentist and Susie yeah. Michigan State fan dentist are like duking it out, jabs, you know, yeah. and just kind of having the fun side of it, which yeah. is like you know, you put your your team's thing on your right. cubicle, and Steve puts his team's thing on his cubicle that week and you know you trade shots because all we see yeah. is just chaos just <laughs> there are people like, on both the, there is no bottom no. sometimes there are people on both sides that have twitter accounts that are specifically uh there these are human beings that run these <laughs> that are specifically engineered to just destroy the other one the other side and I mean, and they're active. These are not. I mean, I've no, seen these oh, people, yeah. and you people listen. They know you oh, know. Yeah. I mean, they're active with this. This mm. is like a daily thing, and it's just like somebody, somebody is behind that. There's somebody out there that is, and it's not one or two people. It's multiple people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plural, big plural. Yeah. And it's like I see that, and I'm just like, I I know that's not representative of like a a, a pe- you know a large, but the more time goes on, the more I'm just like I keep seeing more of this. Yeah. And I'm just like, there are some people that really tend, seem to dedicate an awful lot of time. A lot of time. To, you know, pulling up the old Twitter app and getting into it. And it's just like, and that's part of me, it's just like, well, that's social media is part of everyone's life. And I think we have a bad perspective on this because of our job. Because social media is part of our job. Yeah. I feel like I wouldn't be using any of this shit if I was just a regular guy living a stress-free life Working at an office. I wouldn't be on Twitter. I wouldn't be probably on anything. If I get fired tomorrow, yeah. which, maybe, um, <laughs> I am... I, I say that, thing, but, you know, I, No, I, th- I legitimately you know. think the first thing, yeah. only because it takes up such a ridiculous portion of my life, and I, probably and I know how bad passingly. it is yeah, right. for my mental health, yeah. like, I would delete that Twitter yeah. app, and if I have enough funds lying around, I, I'm moving to... Ireland attend to my sheep. I'm done. I'm done with all this shit. You will never hear from me again. <laughs> so I, I do feel like we have a bad perspective, though. Yeah. Because it's part of our jobs. We're required to use it. You know, I mean, we, I mean, I don't think either of us probably use it as much as we once did. In, no, in the definitely job used anymore. to be even more, which um, is horrifying. Yeah, but it's actually much better now. You know, you, you start to figure out how to use it properly. Um, but it's like, but for a regular Joe or, or Sally or whatever, somebody who's just kind of, Mm-hmm. Got a job, maybe they got some downtime, they're bored, you know, and, and they want to use it. I can't uh, stand here and cry. I can't. <laughs> That's fine. The dog is, uh, oh, is coming is in here. here. But on. it's like, I, I don't know if I can really commiserate with what they go through or how they use it or whatever, mm-hmm. or how that impacts their life. But it's just, it does feel like the social media part is really ratcheted up. And I always, I always wonder, was that there anyway? Maybe. And then, and then we see some of these coaches, how they act or how these players. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, sometimes people take their lead from the most visible True. people and you know Mark D'Antonio has never been bashful about I don't like anything about the place right. and we know and we were going to talk about basketball but I mean Tom Izzo's it's well documented yeah I mean that has been the fuel that has driven his career in some ways and um, I think a lot of it kind of came together in terms of Michigan State finally had two coaches mm-hmm. that epitomized and represented the most visceral part of the fan base is better than any two coaches that have ever done it ever. Totally. And not just the fan base of athletics, but maybe the fa- maybe the people who went to Michigan State and said, I have a pretty good life. I got a degree at a school that I think is pretty good. 
and I shouldn't have to explain to you yeah. why I think it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of people that are like that, too, and I think that that's been a huge part of it. I'm, fa- I'm especially fascinated by there is definitely a portion of people who just have a full understanding of how much it bothers yeah. the other group just to needle on certain things. And this is like, <laughs> now I'm not even talking about yeah. the whole, like the lunatic fringe that right. like brings up other stuff at Michigan State, you know? Sure. Like yeah. right. if, if you're bringing up Nasser's name and you're talking shit to a Michigan fan, to like a fan, you I mean, have, yeah, that's the, yeah. or if you're talking, yeah. bringing up stuff to a Michigan State fan, like you have problems. That's, that's not, that's yeah, not that healthy. Seems, uh, um, yeah. But like, there's on all those other things that they can just like just needle needle yeah. needle and just know that you're just like driving people crazy on a daily and that basis. part of it I feel like, like is in good fun you know it, like that it part is, of it is but I'm is, also like it's a lot of time and effort lot, and yeah. energy man <laughs> some dedicated folks out there for sure uh, on both sides yeah. it's interesting I did want to get before we get into our voicemails though I did want to get that stick on that basketball part because we don't talk about that as much because uh, the visceral part, I think, comes out w- with football so much. Yeah. But that same era that you're talking about was the exact same time. It was that 13 football season was the fall after Michigan right. went to the Final Four with John Beeline. And you weren't at the Michigan-Michigan State game in East Lansing in 2013 when Beeline started McGarry for the first time and all mm-hmm. the young kids out there in Michigan State ran him off the court. I've never heard Breslin Center louder in my life. That was as loud as I've ever heard it. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was the Michigan State folks being like, we've been paying attention to basketball for 13 years. Right. Where have you been? Right. And now all of a sudden that you have a good team, like you want to act like this is the best thing in the world because your football team isn't very good right. and you have to have something to hold on to. And then that spiral <laughs> turned into this whole thing where it's like, oh, uh, maybe this wasn't a one-off. Maybe Michigan's actually pretty good in basketball. Right. Maybe we've got a problem here. Yes. Which brings us to 2013, 14. 14. (laughs) And, like, that was an amazing introduction to the rivalry because... So, Michigan goes up. That was your first game then, right? Yeah. In in Breslin, yeah. My first game in Breslin. Michigan goes up there, beats Michigan. Stauskas is blowing kisses. Michigan looked amazing. Um, And (laughs) so comes... Spiraling in, man. into yeah. the post game press conference, and is basically like, "Hey, all you assholes mm-hmm. wanted a real rivalry. Well, I guess you got one. Yeah. Like, I guess Michigan's now good enough that this is a thing. It wasn't good enough for and, you that we were the only ones exactly. that were good. I it wasn't good like enough for you. Said. Yeah, wasn't good because I remember him answering <laughs> questions about the game, and obviously wasn't happy and everything. And uh, as you do, and then it got it was pretty short because it was just like, well. You know, they just beat you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Michigan State probably had somebody injured or something, as sure. they often did during yeah, yeah. those games. Uh, and it was one of those, well, what, what, what do you want me to do? I mean, yeah. my guys are hurt, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Uh, but Michigan just played really well and beat them. So I remember this thing being pretty short. And then I remember getting toward the end, he's like, nobody else got anything? Yeah. And then it was like, no. And then he was just like, well. And he yeah, did the thing where he starts looking at his podium and kind of banging on it and just being like, you sons of bitches wanted a rivalry. He didn't swear, so I'm putting that in his mouth. But, like, right, right, right. you know, like, it wasn't good enough for any of you around here when it was just us winning games. Yeah. Well, here you go. Now I guess you got what you wanted, so maybe you're going to pay attention now. You know, this whole thing. <laughs> I remember writing my back turned to it, because if you hadn't been in the Michigan State press room, you don't know 
the setting, but like basically there's tables around the outside and you you can sit on those and write while they're talking so your back can be too. Mm-hmm. I remember turning around being like, what is he talking about? <laughs> like, what is going on right now? And it was just this uncomfortable thing. And then uh, the Beeline Izzo thing was... Fascinating. Izzo didn't know how to handle that Fascinating. One. I don't think anyone knew how to handle yeah. it. You know, it's one of those, over the last 10 years, um, I think football's, basketball's been so much different than football because Michigan State fans... You know, look, Michigan under John Beeline was a difficult entity that to yeah. hate. Right? Yeah. You could you could have a rivalry and really want to beat them, but like that, I hate you. Like I hate you. Yeah. It's kind. Of, well, it's kind of hard when it's this. <laughs> you know, it's John Beeline. This yeah. is kind of like yeah. priestly type dude yeah. who just walks in there like I don't hate anybody. Don't yeah. worry about me. <laughs> blah blah blah, and uh, just not feeding into it. And I feel like that just needled. Tom even more, where like he'd prefer it to be, yeah. but at the same time, Izzo, you know, they had a great deal of mutual respect, and I don't think any they neither ever really understood the other, yeah. but I think they both I wouldn't That's say I wouldn't important. say appreciated, but I think they had a definite mutual respect for how the other did things for the most part, and because of that, basketball was just been a phenomenal. Rivalry. It's well, they're both good. It's been unbelievably yeah, they're good. They're both good in recent years. Yeah. Last year, meeting as top ten teams oh within God. a two week three span, times. three yeah. times in yeah. three weeks, whatever it was, totally crazy. Yeah. And like, and I can. This isn't like you know tooting known horn or whatever, but like, all right, I was embedded in Ann Arbor mm-hmm. for yeah, the right. game here. Yep. Two weeks later, I was embedded both games in yeah. East Lansing for that. And at no point was it this like blood curdling mm-hmm. you know fuck, yeah. Fuck, yeah, Michigan, right, yeah. fuck Michigan yeah. it was it like internally it was not that it yeah. was it was about going and and beating I think it had to be because it was like if we, if we get ourselves emotionally drunk here right on something that really doesn't matter right. we're gonna get because they're too good for both of them it on was either side could and like that. it wasn't about them yeah. right it wasn't like, oh, them it's them it wasn't that at all yeah it was like it trying was to win a championship, Big Ten championship. This is a really good team. We've prepared for this, and I blah, think that blah, that's blah. that's where rivalries become healthy. Um, is when both teams are trying to get, win a title. I mean, mm-hmm. Auburn and Alabama would probably tell you different because that <laughs> you know poisoning trees and yeah, things of that nature. Yeah, but. and the south. Uh, let's all right. I don't think anyone from the south is probably listening to this, but let's just <laughs> let's just acknowledge that the south well, is different. All right, <laughs> you, mean, you mean amazing in college football anyway? It's something. Yeah, yeah. it's something. Uh, but it's. Yeah, because I feel like when I was a kid, the Michigan Ohio State was such a big deal, mm. and not every year it was it was the Big Ten title on the line, but it happened now and again. It would happen. It would be like winner of this game's winning the whole deal, and it was like if you lost that one, well, I mean, right, you lost to a pretty good team, you right. know. It was like, but in the Michigan Michigan State stuff, it's always been with football. It's just been this one team just isn't good, yeah. and the other one is trying to do something or win a title or whatever, or get on their way. Right. right. And it's been this very awkward, you know, the, the rivalry isn't about anything other than we hate your guts because there's no title on the line. There's no, most of the time, it's it's really not. It's yeah. not the winner of this is going to win a Big Ten. Do you want to play the Beeline clip here before we get into the break to take us out on the the Izzo? The, this is what I feel like quote here. bothered. This was 20, This is 2018. This is January 2018. This was not that long ago. Probably but would bother Tom the most. And it's because, I mean, but it's like, a going, yeah, going, back, had the stance the whole going back to the Fab Five. Yeah, it was, you know, Tom just didn't, didn't 
even attempt to hide his yeah. contempt yeah, for, I hate for him. Michigan. Yeah. And frankly, the reason that that program turned into what it turned into under him is because he dedicated every minute of his day mm-hmm. to getting that program to a point to beat Michigan. Yeah. And at that point in time, if you were good enough to do that, by default, else you were so. going to be good enough to, to make Final Fours. Yeah. And if you could kick the shit out of Michigan, yeah. then you could probably go to the Final Four. And they did, three yeah. straight times, yeah. and then Michigan State became Michigan State basketball under Izzo, and every, the rest is history. Um, and then this guy comes up <laughs> and refuses to play his part. And, yeah. like, how many press conferences did we sit in on? Countless. And I would where, get, where I would people get, would just try oh, to yeah. get beeline. To say I would get questions from something. people like he's lying, right? And I'm like, he's not lying. He's not like, this is just who he is. Like he's just why, why, why is he? Uh, why does he act like this is just another game? Mm-hmm. It's not very important to him, is it? I'm like, every game isn't. I mean, when he says every game's important to him, like this is his life. Right. Yes, of course it is. And I'll tell you what, as an outsider, I fell into this a little bit at one point, yeah. where it was the game. He's not making it enough. I don't know that, where. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember which game it was. I it remember was up there it, or down it was here. when they were. It was when they got tra- uh, trounced in Chrysler. No, no, no. This no? was a game at Breslin. Oh, okay. And it was because I was I hung out by the Michigan State locker room after the game, and we covered both. They had a, they had a b- bunch more in-state kids. Oh yeah, I I remember now. Michigan obviously had like a couple. Yeah, it was like Derek and someone else. It maybe. would have been like Cassius's freshman year, something like that. Michigan not, State was I'm, whatever. I'm not, I remember sh- this. I'm not sure yeah. which year, but. Michigan State beats them, and I like wrote that day that like, look, it's it's going to be harder for Michigan to win yeah. these games as long as this rivalry means this much more yeah, to Michigan State because Michigan State they had their oh you know what you're right it was because it was it was at it was at Breslin because they were close mm-hmm. the games were close uh, together and the game at Breslin Michigan, Michigan State it. Michigan State had every recruit yeah. there yeah, it, was, it was a huge deal internally and then the game at Chrysler. It was just a totally different yeah, feel. Yeah, Michigan blew them out for Michigan. Um, but it was one of those games where it felt like I remember it because it was at Michigan State, and it was any time in those days. It felt like a game got to a point where anybody can take this here now. It's right. like five minutes to go, and anybody's going to take it. You were like, "Well, Michigan State's going to win the game." Right? Yeah, they're just going to have something yeah. deeper in their pocket to just you know dig down, and, and they're going to win the game. And that was one of those games. I remember you writing that, being like. You got to change something. It, it means you know, more to yeah. one than the other, but at the same time, like yeah, which was kind of a yeah. it wasn't true. It wasn't true. It was yeah. wrong. It was a wrong. It was yeah. the incorrect take. Right. Like I'll own that all fucking. Yeah. Day. I don't care. Um, but it, I mean, it just seemed like it in in real yeah. time, and you know, in reality, it was always going to be if Beeline had the talent yeah. to coach a team that could beat Michigan State, then they could beat Michigan State. Right. You didn't need no lava. No, no. <laughs> especially in basketball, there's no that actually works against you so it's much. Execution, you know. I mean, it's got to be yeah. your your mind has got to be clear, right? Because if you're going out there trying to, you know, it's the emotionally hijacked, emotionally drunk, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Beeline would call it emotionally drunk. I think Jim Harbaugh says emotionally hijacked. Yeah, but it all gets to the same place, right? Because like, look, the seventeen um, team yeah. had a kid. The starting lineup was a kid from Ohio, a kid from Pennsylvania, a kid from Chicago, a dude from Germany. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a D three a D three player from yeah. New England, mm-hmm. right? And by, and they and, beat him three and, times. And every kid, yeah, and every kid, and on the other side, every kid at Michigan State. It's either, if you're not an in state kid, you are immediately in. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you as a recruit, you, be, you are. You become one. 
you become fully aware of what's going on the minute you get there. As a recruit. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Right. You, you don't go, come here if you're not you going to visit yeah. for the Michigan game, and you're in the locker room mm. pre-game, halftime, post-game, whatever. See how intense And is, you yeah. understand what this yeah. means. And then the other side just wasn't that. It'll be fascinating to see what it is under Jawan Howard. But yeah. on the football side, it was always that gap of the. I feel like on basketball. Michigan State acknowledges Michigan as its rival. Michigan State acknowledges yeah. Michigan as its rival. Sure. No one gives it. No one cares about Ohio State. They don't. No. Football, you have that whole it's weird dynamic yeah. of inferiority complex versus <laughs> self delusion. Yeah. Right. Neither are healthy. Yeah. And, it's weird too right. because I think that in football, before we get into our break here, mm-hmm. you know, so much has been made. So much was made last year about the the pregame stuff. Dem Bush. Tearing up the field. And, I thought it was awesome. Um, oh yeah, I mean, like at the time, I was like, I'm annoyed. I got to write about this right, before game. Right. But, you know, all that stuff and emotions kind of boiling over, and then Jim Harbaugh's reaction to it, and Mark D'Antonio's reaction to it, and and the the notion that well, these two guys hate each other's guts and blah blah mm. blah. And I think what people fail to remember is, you know, Mark D'Antonio and Jim Harbaugh probably aren't ever going to trade Christmas cards, right? Like right. it's just not going to be a thing. Um, but at the same time, having been around Harbaugh long enough, I know. That he has an ability, personal feelings mean very little to him when it comes to football. Sure, it's, when he when he has to, you know, hunker down and say, okay, we got a football game here, and I'm looking across at Mark D'Antonio. His whole mind goes to, I go back to the very first year. I told this, I said this story when we talked on Austin and I's podcast the other day. Um, Jim Harbaugh, I think the first before the first game they ever played, said Mark D'Antonio has done one of the greatest jobs in college football coaching history, mm-hmm. ever. By getting this program that we just talked about earlier that never won anything right. to a level that... So maybe I don't agree with everything he does or says, but when I just look at it for what it is, he's outstanding. And right. I have to be on my... And Harbaugh said that this week. He was like, I have to be on my high alert, is what he kept saying. Like, yes. i got to be ready for everything with this guy because he's that good. Yeah. And D'Antonio today called Harbaugh... He said he was a Hall of Fame football coach. Mm-hmm. He said, this guy knows what he's doing. This is a. It's harder to play them now, basically, right? And I might not agree with everything he says, and we might have some back and forths, and we've probably gone at it recruiting and everything else. But I do think when it, with the basketball with his, with Beeline Izzo, it was that way too. It was stripped down. Football's more explosive, but when it's stripped down, it's really not that much different with Herbo and D'Antonio. I really think when it just becomes football mm-hmm. and the game gets kicked off, I think they both really do uh, appreciate the competition because they've been some. They haven't been pretty games. Sure. With these with these four that we've seen between the two, but uh, they've been entertaining, if nothing else, and they've been teams going at it. So it's been interesting, and I think it's been it gets more emotional because there's a lot of other things that get involved. But when it's just football, I think that there's a respect there. Um, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know, but it usually gets overshadowed by some other <laughs> thing that takes always. Over there's always going to be something else that yeah. takes that steals kind of the storyline. Yeah. But we will talk more about that. We are going to talk about. Uh, media coverage. I have uh, some questions to ask Nick about how he thinks some things are handled. Um, And take some listener voicemails on the other side here. Alright, stick to him. We'll be right back. To the county The place where I 